You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. What are you going to be, be doing this weekend? I haven't decided yet. I did a lot of cooking last week, and I made bacon. Literally during my show on Friday, I, I put bacon in the smoker in the morning, and I got out of the smoker later in the day, and it was uh, maple bacon, actually, and then I uh, did some other cooking over the weekend. Follow me on social media, will you? Because I do a lot of, uh, you know, I put up a lot of stuff on uh, on the Twitter and uh, Getter and Truth Social and Instagram. I've got inst- Instagram, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, some politics, a lot of comedy, and food, because I like to, I like to cook. I like to cook. I like to see. I like to uh, see people enjoy food. It's uh, it's a joy for me to create joy, you know, and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, just go to Rob Carson Show on any of the social media. Just just Google me. I'm all over the place. You know, there you go. So um, a lot of things happened in the uh, the news today. I want to get to Kathy Hochul, the uh, the governor of New York. God help us, Lee Zeldin could have been the governor, and things could have been so much better. But they decided on. What's up, Doc? Uh, so we'll get to that here. I do want to mention this again because it's hilarious. Uh, Rob Bob Medendez, Democrat from New Jersey, has been invi- in, indicted. I should be invited uh, on federal charges of bribery. They did a raid a year and a half ago in June, and the FBI didn't even contact the media or nothing. And uh, they just did the raid. They kept it quiet. They didn't even bother sending out pictures like they did with the raid on Mar-a-Lago that were perfectly framed and all of that stuff. But they, they went into Bob Menendez's house, man, and you I mean, they had gold bars, $400,000 in cash. Uh, it, was, it was classic. It was, it was classic. And I have a funny feeling, might be a little, uh, little hard to get out of this, and, and one of the things he was going to do is he was working with a guy who's a food distributor in, uh, in Egypt, and he was going to make sure that all of the halal food that went to Egypt from the U.S., uh, would be from the company or, or from Egypt into the U.S. from Egypt would be uh, from this one company. This is what you get in Washington, D.C. And you know what's really funny? We used to always make fun of uh, other countries for this stuff, all of this bribery and corruption. Ukraine, oh, my God, it's so corrupt. Oh, but could you believe that? Well, it's here. We're, we're as bad as any third world country. Third world country right here. Bob Menendez's wife, there was $70,000 in a safe deposit box, $100,000 worth of gold bars. Uh, uh, Bob Menendez apparently Googled, how much do gold bars, how much are gold bars worth? Because he didn't know what they were worth. So the bribes included uh, cash, gold, payments toward a home mortgage, all of the things that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden got from uh, China and Ukraine and Romania. Basically, <laughs> basically the same stuff. Except for Bob Menendez didn't launder it through 20 LLCs. It's kind of fun. I think we need to hear our new John Fetterman song today, by the way. Just put this together. John Fetterman uh, yesterday uh, said uh, of, the, uh, of the Republicans, he said uh, that there are a bunch of, this is, these are his words, jag-offs. A bunch of jag-offs who are talking about his clothes. And, uh, and then there's a really great story I was reading this morning from the Philadelphia Inquirer basically saying that uh, John Fetterman has been a, a cushy suburban for his entire life. He got an MBA from the University of Connecticut, later a master's at Harvard without ever racking up any student debt. August of 2022, his family assets totaled $700,000. And so what he's doing is he's appropriating working-class culture. Did you notice the mustache? Like he's a cop or something? He 
he's a he's a he's an academic. He's a, he's a he's a aging hipster academic. He's cynically appropriating clothes that reads as a working class stereotype. Uh, this, according to uh, Instagram, of, uh, of uh, I'll find it one second. But anyway, uh, that's what he's doing. He, he's he's uh, he is uh, uh, appropriating clothing. Here's the worst part because I'm I'm a working class background um, when I uh, when I grew up. And, uh, you know, dad worked at a, at a company. He worked at a petroleum company. And uh, my mom did whatever she needed to do. She managed a hotel room. She run a daycare center. She did hair, the whole deal. And, uh, and, and if they were going to go speak in front of the Senate, my father would have gotten a suit. He would have worn a suit. And, and my mother would have gotten dressed up to go to the Senate because out of respect, they would have. They wouldn't think twice about it. It, me too. Me too. I you know I like to uh, wear jeans. I like to wear shorts. I like to wear you know uh, t-shirts. I like to wear baseball caps like I'm wearing right now. Um, but but if I'm going to go to the Senate, by God, I'm going to wear uh, clothes that are uh, well. I guess I guess at least the institute of the uh, Senate should respect the institute of the Senate, uh, but definitely not some of the characters in the Senate, like John Fetterman. This is Jim Gossett. Fetterman's a slob whose clothes are a mess. He always dresses out of sorts. Jim Gossett. Ooh, don't do it. Fetterman will wear a tie, decorum. He will defy when he retorts. Oh my God! Really? Goes up to the Senate in a hoodie, hoodie. When they ditched the dress code, he said, "Goody." It's devastating. Fetterman's a slob with no respect for the Senate. It's history he often mocks. Putting on gym shorts. Putting on gym shorts. There you go. That is uh, Jim Gossett, and, and we are going to be in uh, in the uh, Baltimore on November the sixteenth. The second time I've appeared in Baltimore. This time we're uh, we're going to be on stage uh, with Jim Gossett, me, uh, all of the staff at uh, WCBM, uh, Sean and Bruce in the morning, Kim Klasik, everybody. Great, great people. It's our anchor station, and we've already almost sold the dang thing out. How cool is that? Almost hold that, sold that sucker out. We're not really selling the tickets. We wanted to give them to you. We debated charging. We really did. We debated charging, and now I kind of wish we did. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not being paid. I don't need to be paid. I'm just looking forward to meeting everybody. But if you want to go, I would suggest you go to WCBM.com today. WCBM.com uh, today. Otherwise, uh, you're not going to get in. That's just the way it is. So, uh, Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul is the uh, dim-witted governor of the state of New York who uh, almost destroyed New York with stupid lockdowns for COVID. And uh, she's done a migrant U-turn. Uh, Video is now showing the Democrat welcomed asylum seekers with open arms in 2021. Oh, I come to you with open arms. But today she tells them, uh, go somewhere else. I think this, uh, this whole sending uh, migrants, illegals, to New York... And other cities like, uh, 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 you know, Chicago is uh, is a is a terrible and brilliant move, uh, and it sucks. But you know what? Honestly, if uh, if the Democrats are going to open the southern border and many of the states on the southern border, or places like the, where the the government was shipping people, which by the way, the government has been shipping tens of thousands of illegals all over the country. So all that Ron DeSantis did was say, oh, you know what? Let's send them to New York. Let's send them to the sanctuary city. And look at how this happens. Isn't this how funny how this happens? Sanctimony city, it's all the big deal. And then when you're impacted by it and the little people near the border aren't, then suddenly you change. 
It's amazing how that happens. It's like, oh, defund the police, defund the police. Yeah, we don't want police. Yeah, black neighborhoods don't mean police. And the crime goes through the ceiling, and then they go, oh, my God, oh, my God, refund the police. They're just so stupid. I mean, this is what academics do. Academics have no real-world experience. They cannot succeed in the real world. They, they stay in academia. They get tenured. And then, then generally, uh, one of the only other outlets they can do where performance is not reflected in their compensation is government. <laughs> that's, that's it, you know? I'm not saying everybody in academia or everybody in government, but honestly, that's what it is. Anyway, here is Kathy Hochul in 2021 with open arms. And the idea of the Lady Liberty in our Harvard, which I talked to the young students about, has been the story of New York for 130 years, where people who left religious persecution or left wars, left oppression, and left extreme poverty, like my own grandparents leaving Ireland with nothing, that is what we have all She's already mentioned Lady Liberty, and she's mentioned her, her grandparents and everything. This is all to make her morally superior to you. Always viewed as our responsibility to the rest of the world. But because now we don't owe the world anything of that, we are a far better. We've lost thousands of lives defending the world. and We still got bodies buried over there. Better, more enriched, diverse state. And that's oh. a huge point of pride for all New Yorkers. It's pride. As you know, the Statue of Liberty is inscribed. Okay. It says, give me your time. Wow, she did it again. She did the, the Statue of Liberty. Tired. You're poor. You're huddled young masses. Yeah, that was a winner of an essay contest. That uh, that was a winner of an essay contest. It's not official policy. Learning to be free. The wretched refuse to a teeming shore. And that statement encapsulizes our values. Encapsulizes. <laughs> we want people to come here. Despite where they came from or despite the circumstances yes. that drove them to this country and to this, and to this state, we see, say you are welcome here. We are welcome with open arms and we'll work <sighs> to keep you safe. We'll not only house you, but we'll protect you. And the richness of the culture. And screw the people who already live here. Yeah, there you go. Uh, because uh, everybody in New York City, you know, you homeless people, uh, you addicted people who are sleeping in ATM vestibules and all of that. Uh, you, all you do is sneak across the border and you got a $480 a month hotel. That's on the low end. That's on the low end for 30 days minimum. And then they move you to a $20,000 a month tent. <laughs> $20,000 a month tent. Oh, it'd be funny if it weren't so abusive and awful of the government. But here's Kathy Hochul. Now all of a sudden she's kind of changed her tune. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. Oh, well, she's not saying Joe Biden shut down the border. She's saying you need to apply for asylum before you. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? That is really, really interesting. Oh, and here she is linking the border crisis to the government shutdown. I have 16 which, agencies. Which, by the way, I could care less if it happens. Sending volunteers, identifying the individuals who can benefit, and let's get them into the jobs we have. Just real quick before let's we... Let's take the jobs from America. Does this make you understand better what border cities... Drive those wages down. ...have been going through for years? Of course we do. Of course we do. We need a strong federal immigration policy, full stop. And that's why instead of... We had one, but, uh, you know, Donald Trump's not in office now. Talking about shutting down the government, I'm calling on the nine Republican members of Congress from New York and the rest of our Republican leadership in Washington to do the right thing and meet with President Biden and come up with a comprehensive... Yeah, you know, no. 
because we know that you, uh, if you are willing to open in the southern border and and uh, bring in a, a massive influx of fentanyl, where 110,000 people died from overdoses last year, 84 in San Francisco last month alone, most of those people between 18 and 44, then we're not going to sit down to a bloody table with you. Because if you're that if you're that down with that criminality criminality and that destruction of America, we want nothing to do with you at all. Not a thing. Shut the border. Impeach Alejandro Mayorkas and remove him from office. And Governor Abbott, uh, act autonomously, use the National Guard, and shut the border down yourself. Chris Plant, my buddy, uh, who has a nationally syndicated talk show host, he said, send every cargo plane down to the border, down to Eagle Pass, to whatever airport is down there, load the people getting off those planes immediately, and take them to Democrat sanctuary cities and states. 1,000%. 1,000%. Because the only way <laughs> that a solution can be found is, uh, you know, when you hit rock bottom. Uh, trust me on that one, I know. When you hit rock bottom, that's when you finally, that's when you finally say, okay, we got to make some changes here. <laughs> this is Chicago. This is Brandon Johnson. This is the guy who's, I mean, even making Lori Lightfoot look like Rudy Giuliani. He's that bad a mayor. And here uh, is a, a meeting yesterday with some uh, people of color in Chicago and in areas where 95% of the vote went to Joe Biden. They're putting up 10 cities and the residents aren't happy about it. I wanted to know if there is a capacity limit and what is what is that limit if there is Grand Jean-Pierre wouldn't know what you're talking about. One and what is <laughs> why can't we close the borders of Chicago or the state of Illinois? How about that? Texas? How about that? Why can't we close the borders? Hey, can't you shut the borders? Just come on. Why can't we shut our borders? Why are you doing this to us? <sighs> Do I have to say it again? Particularly with regard to uh, people of color in inner cities. The Democrat Party thinks they have your vote reliably. And so they're not going to do anything for you. <laughs> they're not. We just had another report. 30 high schools in Baltimore. Not one kid proficient in reading math. Uh, that's a second time, right? So the Democrats will do nothing for you because they already expect your vote. Uh, same way goes with, uh, with the, the opposite happens with white voters like in East Palestine, where they know 90% of the vote goes to Trump, so they just don't do anything about them despite them and to spite them. So those are the two constituents that Democrats don't give a, a, a damn about. One, because they know they've got your vote, and one, they know they'll never have it. And so they abuse both of you. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. It's Friday, baby. It's another NFL weekend. I'm going to be watching football. Might have to do some smoked wings this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. By the way, President Trump is leading in the polls. And uh, only one network is covering his events. That's, of course, Newsmax. Millions have made the switch to Newsmax uh, after the 2020 election and after Tucker Carlson was let go. And uh, I think you'll understand why, because Rob Schmidt is on at 7 o'clock Eastern. He's amazing. His monologues are brilliant. His use of video is fantastic. And he's got the best hair on television. Thank you very much. Uh, all this week, uh, Joe, uh, Rob is looking at uh, the Biden money trail. Tens of millions that went to his family. Newsmax is on all cable systems. If your operator doesn't have it, then get it. Otherwise, download the Newsmax app 
on your phone, carry it with you. I listened to Rob Schmidt last night when I was picking up my daughter from school. At 6 o'clock, I was driving around just streaming Rob Schmidt, listening to the subtle, soft tones of his mellow voice. <laughs> I want to play something. I thought this would be funny. Uh, you know, I wrote for Rush Limbaugh for many years and uh, uh, brought comedy to his show starting uh, right out of college in around 1989. Uh, and, uh, and, and you know, followed everything. So I have a good uh, running knowledge of, uh, of music and also comedy, satire, political happenings for the last 35 years. Okay. And so this, I think I did this around 1995-ish, 96-ish. Uh, when we were talking about uh, illegals and whatnot, this uh, got a lot of complaints because everybody's all offended by it. They were all offended by it, whatever. It might no, actually, I think it might have been the early 2000s. I think it was the early 2000s, like 2005, 2006. But anyway, it's uh, it's basically uh, the same crap, different year. If you're looking for the real south of the border experience, then sneak into Los Eligalos and place your order today. <laughs> Welcome to Los Eligalos. Can I take your order? Yes, I want free health care, a job, I want to protest in the streets, and I want the entire Southwest U.S. returned to its rightful owner, Mexico. Are you here legally? That was me, by the way. I was uh, I was culturally appropriating. It's none of your business. And right now in Los Eligalos, you can try our new chicken soft border taco. With a tortilla so thin, you can see right through it. No ID, no problem. Uh, in the country illegally, no problem. Uh, Just cut in line in front of everyone else. Jace, I'd like a La Raza Tostada. Hey, I've been waiting in line here for 10 years. Hey, tell that to Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi. Bring the whole gang to Los Illegalos and order our MS-13 special. Order a dozen tacos and we'll throw in one free. Viva Los Illegalos! Wear your American flag t-shirt inside out and get a free entry. Uh, that's entree? Oh, oh yeah. Now open 24 hours in all border states. <laughs> Arizona is subject to change. Let's go to uh, John in Hollywood. He is a member of the Writers Guild and he wants to talk on this Friday. John, what's up? Hello, John. Are you there? Maybe John is on strike right now. Johnny, Johnny. Hello, John. How are you, man? Can you hear me? Can you yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm now got to speak. Okay, your phone is being weird. Try it again, there, John. David Young is our boss on Riders Guild mm -hmm. West. Yes, he gets paid over a million dollars. Can you hear me there? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, our, our David Young runs the Writers Guild West. He gets paid over a million dollars. And there's an article you should look up in the well, New York Post where they were doing $25,000 sushi meals, and they donate money to John Fetterman and Adam Schiff. This says oh, everything about America. I'm 100%, John, and it's this is another matter of the bourgeois and the proletariat. The writers who are on strike are the proletariat. The UAWs on strike are uh, are proletariat. They're trying to get 40% wage increase because Joe Biden has taken away 20% of it, among other things. This is more of the same old stuff, and it's all run by Democrats. I'm sorry to hear that. Are you are you struggling, John? Are you getting along? No, we're, we're fine because, you know, we, we had money. I do construction. I'm like you. I have to both yeah. to make money. I had to, sell, I had to sell cars and come up with ideas while I was selling cars. <laughs> well, no, but that, that's actually what most actors do because you know that, like a radio. Oh. You do two jobs. You All right, John, I got to run. I got to run. I appreciate it. And, and listen, by the way, I have the utmost respect, and you may think, actors and comedians. Uh, even if their politicals are left, it is a tough road to hoe as a job. It's the same as radio, so uh, I know what it feels like. I don't like the political leanings, but I can appreciate 
getting screwed. Been there before. More of the Rob Carson Show coming up. It is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show coming up. Elon Musk wants brains. He must be a zombie. It's actually something really, really cool, and I will explain that. Obviously, he won't be looking in Washington, D.C. or Ottawa for the brains because he wants ones that are not Abbey normal. Uh, Michael Charbon is a Canadian news contributor for Newsmax, host of the Charbon Report, and he joins us on the Newsmax hotline. How are you doing this Friday, sir? Mr. Rob Carson, fantastic to be with you and your valued listeners, sir. Well, thank you, and I do value them, actually. I do, actually, unlike like Joe Scarborough and his viewers. He, I don't think he much cares for them. <laughs> but anyway, what's the like? I mean, anybody who chooses to watch that crap, I mean, honestly. So uh, let's talk a little about what's going on in Canada. I know that uh, Justin Trudeau, the uh, the golden boy, the uh, the Gavin Newsom of, of Canada, is beginning to kind of, uh, it looks like he may be falling upon deaf ears with a lot of the Canadian people. Uh, I've seen some appearances lately that he has done, and uh, he's not getting the warm welcome that uh, someone with such uh, glorious uh, fake teeth and and, uh, and perfectly coiffed hair should normally get. How's how the Canadian people feeling about how uh, how uh, the leaders what the leaders done to your country? Change. Everybody's wanting change. Uh, uh, Pierre Polivier is uh, is the conservative leader, and he seems to be getting a lot of uh, momentum. Uh, Canadians, much like Americans, are sick and tired of inflation, are sick and tired of gas prices going up and everything going downhill. Uh, even though we're recovering from COVID, we need some hope. I mean, uh, Trudeau currently is sitting at about 33% approval uh, rating, and Canadians want to change. And one of the things that you and I discussed the last time was about how there could be a fundamental conservative shift in North America in 2024 because of the fact that Canadians want to change, and hopefully the same kind of change that you folks south of the 49th are looking for, and that's conservative, Republican, law and order, and get the economy back in order and take care of the folks that home before you start doling out cash to the world. Well, see, that's a lot better than my solution. My solution was literally to invade and take Canada finally. Uh, so completely different than what I wanted to do. But I appreciate well, it. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, not, not that we're a violent type. Like, we have, we have the longest undefended border, you and I. You know, 3.5 million Canadians go to Florida to tan their bunny rabbits every year. But the bottom line is here, actually, you bring up an interesting point. So let's just dream for a second that the Republicans could get in in 2024, and they follow through with trying to uh, dispel or evacuate the 6.9 million illegal aliens that Biden let in. Where do you think a lot of them are going to go instead of getting on a plane and going back to Honduras? They're going to go north. And we don't have any kind of infrastructure or any kind of plan to stop this. I mean, there was uh, one month, uh, I think it was two months ago in Canada, there was like 3,000 uh, illegal alien claims for asylum in Canada in one month. Now we're, we're about one-tenth of your population. I mean, that's huge. And, of course, holding hands and singing Kumbaya, Trudeau liberals are going to say, well, you know. And we had the same problem, not as bad as the uh, the, the Belvedere uh, Hotel down in New York, but we had a problem where we had to put illegal uh, migrants up in hotels. I mean, it's going to cost New York a billion bucks, and nobody's oh, going to yeah. go and visit New York or Chicago or L.A. or San Francisco yeah. because they're afraid of crime. I mean, yeah. we've got the same we've got the same disease, right? 
Yeah. Well, and, and we are experiencing the same struggles uh, simultaneously. We saw the massive uh, and illegal uh, COVID shutdowns, lockdowns, the lockdowns, of the economy, the restrictions on freedom of speech that have been, uh, you know, we have a First Amendment here. It's, it's pretty cool. And until now, we've been able to actually have it. But the United States of America literally suspended the First Amendment, got the, uh, the deep state involved in censoring speech, telling us what was disinformation and misinformation. And you guys have you guys have gone through the same thing that that we have. But it sounds like I mean, Trudeau's got a thirty three percent approval rating. That's like seven points below Biden or six points below Biden. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like Canada might be uh, uh, leading the way into uh, flipping this continent. Well, when uh, when America sneezes, Canada catches a cold. That that's the old statement. I think people are fed up. Uh, I think people are seeing what's going on. Uh, people are looking and saying, you know, when interest rates go up to this, where young families can't afford to even put a down payment on a house, um, when you walk in and you see a, a tub of Bay Cell that was uh, three bucks four years ago and it's eight bucks now, that cuts real deep to people who've got kids. And when you start to see uh, illegal immigrants who are coming into a country illegally, not that 10,000 people in one day in the United States makes a big difference, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I mean, oh my goodness! I mean, when is it going to stop? Like, what about there? Is, there is a huge problem. Think of the pressure on well, uh, on your healthcare, on your hospitals, on yes. your schools, on all of the um, charitable organizations. Never mind having to have a city go and rent hotel rooms to put them up. It's yeah. wrong. So, what are you going to do? What are, what are you going to do, Rob? Are we, are we going to well, charter a plane and put them all and take them back to Guatemala? Hell I mean, yeah! That, hell well, yeah! How much is that going to cost? I don't even care. I could give a I could give a crap less. We got a two trillion dollar dozen. Who cares? Flying first class back to Venezuela. I don't give a crap. We can afford it. If we can afford a four hundred and fifty dollar and not hotel room for an indefinite stay, we can find them and send them somewhere else. I'm serious, Michael. I'm I'm done with this crap. Uh, what about in? The federal uh, parolees are going there and cutting down the razor wire that the Texas government put up to stop them. How is it that he has to build his own wall to protect America from illegal immigrants? It's on the news. But if you sit there, like in in, in my office, I have multiple uh, news feeds that I'm watching simultaneously to aggregate information. And I'm watching on CNN. They're talking about, oh, you know, it's this and that and so on. And I'm watching Fox and Newsmax, particularly Newsmax is showing all these photos and people yep. down on the, on the on the front lines they're talking about this yep. how can americans ignore that rob you got well, you know what i what i would like to do is i want you know like the uh, the donald trump indictments and the mugshot brought the trailer park and the hood together i want homeboys and good old boys who've been in the military who've been police officers uh, maybe they're retired uh, to uh, to go to the border and be deputized by ken paxton i'm absolutely 1000% serious I want a, a veteran every 50 feet along that border working in concert with Texas authorities. And if the federal government wants to get involved, you can just bring it. Because I want to tell you right now, we've had enough. We've had enough. This federal government, we know that our federal government does not have our citizens' best uh, interests in mind. We know that this policy is uh, is letting enemies of our country into our country, and we are abusing our citizens by providing them with uh, with places to stay, places to go, 
cards to get a job, push you out of uh, out of work. You know, where I live right now, I, I we, right across the railroad tracks over here right now, I live in a you know a lower middle class area, whatever. And and you got these uh, these duplexes, and in front of these duplexes are eight pickup trucks with ladder trucks in front of them, and four or five families live in that one duplex. Now, I appreciate the hard-working efforts of those people, but what do you suppose those people are doing to the wages in my area for people who want to do drywall or roofing or anything? What do you suppose it's going to do to blue-collar workers in America? What it's going to do to, uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, minority people in, in, our, in our country? Not saying every minority does blue-collar work, but you know what I'm saying. They're, they're going to drive down the costs of, uh, of, of you know, people going to hire people under the table, hire some unlicensed drywall guy to come in and do the whole room for $100 versus, you know, hiring a contractor who has legal people. You're going to get what you get for. But that's what's happening here. It is an abuse of the American people in favor of... Uh, uh, people from other parts of the world, and it isn't, it isn't about benevolence, it isn't about kindness. If it were, you'd have more regard for the people who live here. It's about upsetting the balance of power, upsetting the boat, and turning the country into something it was not ever meant to be. A Marxist social workers, I would say paradise, but it's not. That's so what, what this is all about. When New York says that they're going to pass a special legislation to give people working permits, and then they're going to give them IDs and give them licenses, that government ID will eventually turn into the ability to vote. Is that the end game, Rob? Is that really what the, the, the Democrats are trying to do? Of course. <laughs> Duh. You know why I say that, oh, Michael? Man. You know why I say that? Because I'm oh. not stupid. Okay? That's one of the things that I say, Michael, is I say when the, when the evidence becomes so overwhelming, you get tired of repeating it to some idiot who doesn't listen to you. Like, Russia collusion. Donald Trump colluded with Russia. And I got tired of explaining, you know, why he didn't and why it was no interest to the, the Russians to have Donald Trump in office. So finally I just say, you know why I think a Russia collusion was bogus? Because I'm not stupid. The same way with COVID restrictions, because I'm not stupid. Uh, you know, all of these things are just a point where you're like, why are the Democrats getting, bringing so many people in this country? It, well, it's obviously because they're trying to uh, upset the balance of power, uh, make the country something that it is not, it, it, you know, uh, as Barack Obama said, uh, uh, fundamentally change America. And why do I feel that way? Because I'm not stupid. The most obvious answer is right there in front of your eyes, Michael. But let me ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your Honor, you go ahead. Ask the question. I was going to make another statement. What what about, let me ask you about this. As you guys are getting some shades of of, uh, immigration, uh, you know, illegal immigration into Canada. But one of the reasons is it gets so damn cold up there. That's probably one of the reasons why you don't have what we got down here. It's too cold up there. That's that's not the case. Don't forget. (laughs) Really? Well, we may be chilly on the outside, but the Canadians are warm-hearted. Oh, okay. um, All right, and, whatever, whatever. And but, we let Nickelback. I hate to hit that tip. Yeah, I know you do. You. Do me a favor. The next time uh, Iran wants to do a hostage swap, can we trade the property, brothers? Um, oh, let me. Nobody got to send six million bucks to us. That's right, and it's not a ransom. I mean, <laughs> look, come on. I know. You know. Let me ask you about you know, the one beautiful thing about American politics. It's what? never a boring day. You oh. got to turn Newsmax on and check it out and go, oh, my goodness, I can't I believe that. Now there's bars of gold and tens of thousands of dollars in Can somebody's believe- coat jacket. Can you believe Bob Menendez, the congressman, they had $500,000 in cash at his home and gold bars? That's old-fashioned flush the cocaine down the toilet kind of kind of uh, corruption here. I mean, that's that's like, I mean, bravo. If you're going to go, go all in. I mean, I... How do you, how do you 
any defense. I want to hear the defense. Well, my my wife does a lot of work on the side, and uh, you know, I have the side. Yeah, how do you how do you validate all that? I mean, uh, the IRS should be walking in there and go, "Well, how did you get that?" Yeah, you know what's and, and you know what's really funny. But this is a guy who's already charged, I think it was in 2015, and they had a hung jury and they decided not to proceed anymore because they didn't want to embarrass the party. Yeah. And he also, he loved to fly on the Lolita Express. Uh, he apparently uh, loved to fly on that plane. But, yeah, you know, it's... That, it, it, how come well, that list never came out, Rob? Did you, what did you do with that list? Are you going to write a book and then just publish a list of all the names? I, I know I know what happened. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be murdered. Um, but let me, let me ask you. Uh, but, but the funny thing about that case with Bob Menendez is, uh, just like Hunter Biden, uh, his wife got a no-show job. That's what Hunter got with Ukraine. Uh, they got gold bars for payment. Hunter Biden got a three-carat diamond. And he got a car. He got a Mercedes. Hunter Biden got a Porsche. Isn't that kind of funny? Isn't that kind of funny how it makes you kind of wonder if maybe, I don't know, Hunter and Joe Biden aren't the only corrupt people in Washington, D.C. You know? but, 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 I mean, you start to look at all that, and, and you're a person who's got two kids. You're having a hard time uh, getting groceries, putting gas in your car. You're working. Your wife's working. you got the mother-in-law and your neighbors and your friends and your mother looking after your kids because daycare is too expensive. And you start to look at stories like that of the government people sitting there in their $1,000 suits. I mean, you think you're going to get a little upset. You think? Yeah, and you know what? You know what else? The really sickening thing about this is they're enriching themselves so they can steer policy for the benefit of their friends, not for the benefit of the American people. They literally would steer policy away to, from benefiting the American people, like with this open border policy, toward benefiting other countries like Venezuela, uh, other countries like China. That's the most sickening thing about all of this and why the deep state in our country needs to be taken down in a peaceful yeah, well, revolution. That's why it has to happen, because we are now third world. The United States, the beacon of the world, is now just like Ukraine, just like every other third world corrupt hellhole. I think you have to start, uh, I mean, Newsmax did a couple of excellent reports where he went down to the border and they talked yeah. to people who own farms and have their fences cut and their cattle released and have to sleep with guns because people are walking through their uh, grounds. We don't yep. see enough of those reports for people to understand. They're not showing people in Texas in a small town that was a picturesque small town with retirees where now there's people laying on the ground all over the place. Uh, car break-ins. I mean, what is going on? When? Well, when here's, he, he, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have to have another president. I'm going to be going for, for Donald Trump. And then we're going to have to do a whole lot of indictments, a whole lot of uh, trials, and a whole lot of people going to jail for uh, for seditious behavior. I mean, that's just the way it is. Listen, we got to wrap things up there, Michael Charbon, uh, the Charbon Report. Where can people find you on social media, sir? Uh, MichaelCharbon.com or the Charbon Report, and uh, you can always tune in to the Sunday Report on Newsmax. Uh, I have a uh, a standing invitation from those wonderful people, which usually just before 12 o'clock, a little report on what's happening Absolutely. in Canada. We've had this little Indian uh, skirmish, so that's what we'll be talking about this Sunday on Newsmax. You go, you go watch your substandard Canadian football this weekend, and we'll watch the NFL, okay? <laughs> Take care of yourself, bud. We'll talk again soon. This is the Rob Carson Show. So, Elon Musk's Neuralink 
which aims to help the disabled, says the recruitment. Yeah, they're open for clinical trials. I think this is uh, amazing. Oh, but they'll implant your brains and you'll eat people and you'll you know, become a robot. No, you know what? This is pretty amazing, and uh, I hope and pray that in my lifetime we will see the end of paralysis, and we will see a cure for some of these, uh, these types of paralysis, and ALS, by the way, even to just be able to communicate. So the company is going to implant devices in individual disabled individuals' brains. Uh, they will enable uh, people to control a computer cursor or keyboard entirely through their thoughts. Uh, though there are also grander long-term aspirations for Neuralink. We're happy to announce we've uh, received approval from the Reviewing Independent Institutional Review Board. Da, da, da. They're going to begin human trials. So a groundbreaking investigative, investigational medical device trial, fully implantable wireless brain-computer interface. This is amazing. Aims to evaluate the safety of the implant, surgical robot, blah, blah, blah. So you can control external devices with your thoughts. Oh, my God. He just discovered the force. This is incredible. This, have you ever tried that when you were a kid? Did you ever try to use the force on somebody? I try that with my wife. She keeps talking. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. <clears throat> Those who have quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injury or uh, ALS may uh, qualify to participate in the trial. That's huge. I got a good buddy in, uh, in uh, Washington, D.C., and he jumped into some shallow water when he was 21. Uh, been, uh, been a quad ever since. And uh, wouldn't it be amazing for him to be able to, uh, to walk or to hold his kids? My God in heaven, what an amazing thing. Uh, they also hope to restore capabilities such as vision, motor function, speech. This is amazing. The potential to restore full body movement in the long term. Uh, I think this is going to happen. I will. You don't believe me? You know what else Elon Musk has done in the last uh, two years, three years? Uh, sent Captain Kirk into space and brought him back. Okay, it sent a 92-year-old actor into space safely and brought him back. Yeah. Okay, so it took uh, 65 years of NASA. Nothing against NASA. But uh, Elon Musk, this mad genius that the left loves to hate, is sending people into space just for fun. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's amazing. I work with a lot of, uh, a lot of people who have been uh, injured um, in, uh, in battle. Uh, whether physically or, uh, or, uh, or, or, or mentally. And uh, one of the groups is called Friends in Service of Heroes uh, Fish in Kansas City. And I've gotten to know a bunch of, uh, a bunch of young men who they've given uh, track wheelchairs to. They cost about 20 grand. And it allows uh, uh, quads or, or, uh, or paraplegics to go hunting and fishing and, and enjoy the outdoors and, and life in general. But wouldn't it be amazing to uh, just trash the wheelchairs and, uh, and be able to walk again or be able to see where blindness happened? Um, it's amazing. It is, it is. We live in amazing times. Um, it's just we have a lot of idiots in charge. Thank God there are entrepreneurials. The entrepreneurial spirit is not dead. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break. We've got much, much more in the last ha uh, one hour of the Rob Carson Show. Let's take a break and come right back. This is the Rob Carson Show. It is hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Friday, the weekend is here. The time when Americans work their second and third jobs to pay for all of the inflation caused by a disastrous presidency of Joe Biden. 
Remember, we used to just hang out on the weekends. Now, no, we pretty much uh, we pretty much work all weekend long at uh, second and third jobs. So, uh, a lot of things coming up, including a gender confusion update. Uh, the the uh, NFL is celebrating its first trans cheerleader who hopes to influence the youth. And I mean, yeah, what a what a what a groundbreaking moment for all of us that a dude can be a cheerleader. Wow. So anyway, you got that uh, coming up here shortly on the show. Uh, also, I've got a uh, Who Caught the Stupid update about uh, modern art, <laughs> which is always good. It is always good. CNN has posted their worst weekend ratings on record since 1991. CNN is struggling. That's not the news. What is the news? That over the weekend they posted their worst ratings since 1991. That's weird because my show, Rob Carson's What in the World on Newsmax, is having record-setting ratings. Because it's one of the few funny conservative shows on television, and it was on television before Greg Gutfeld's show. Did you know that? It was on a year before Greg Gutfeld took over. So the Cable News Network logged its uh, worst weekend ratings on record uh, with the all-important 2554 demo, according to the latest Nielsen. Uh, in, a, in a country of uh, 340 million people, uh, 55,000 viewers in that demo for its weekend slate of shows that include State of the Union with Jake Tapper and Dana and Fareed Zakaria GPS. <laughs> he's, he's still lost. I never Did he ever find his way? I don't think he did. <laughs> I don't think he did. There's the whole story. The whole story. That's W-H-O-L-E, by the way. The whole story with Anderson Cooper and uh, Stanley Tucci searching for Italy, which actually I like. I like uh, Stanley Tucci. I like uh, I like that. He, it's a really entertaining, entertaining show. Uh, Tucci's a great actor, and he's uh, authentically Italian, and uh, I enjoy watching him going around Italy. I would love to go on a Tucci, a Tucci uh, travel trip across Italy and just enjoy the food of Italy. But uh, that is enough to save their, uh, their hide, apparently. Oh, this is interesting. Um, big banks are predicting that junk food giants are going to lose billions over the next decade. And I don't know, Wagovi, is it called Wagovi? The drug loss or the, the weight loss sub, it's called Wagovi. And then there's Ozempic. You know you're a Generation Xer and you know you're getting older when the songs of your childhood suddenly become jingles for drug companies? Like, oh, 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 Ozempic, you know? <laughs> oh, great. Okay, all right, okay, I get it now. That's cool. So the rise of weight loss drugs isn't only uh, shrinking Americans' waistlines, could also shrink food corporations' bottom lines because people are eating less. People are eating less. Here's what I did. Uh, I just stopped eating crap. Ta-da! <laughs> that's, that's what I did. I just, I just stopped eating all the crap. I mean, I like me some Pringles, but uh, I had to get rid of them. I had to say, no, nah, you know. It's going to be the exception of the rule, not the, uh, not the rule, but apparently these new class of medications can lead to a 20 to 30% reduction in daily cal- calories. A lot of people are using and abusing Ozempic. Uh, I just decided to do it without drugs. I, you know, you can do it without drugs. I, uh, listen, I, I yo-yo diet so much, I'm starting to do tricks. I'm getting so good at yo-yo dieting, I'm doing tricks, walk the dog, butterfly, all that stuff. I, I yo-yo more than Oprah. But this time, I'm not going back up again. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, Ozempic and, uh, and uh, this other drug, uh, Wagovi. I don't know if they've got a jingle yet. It'll probably be something like Pearl Jam or something. They'll make that into a jingle, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 Nirvana. You know, it smells like uh, teen weight loss or something. <laughs> They'll do that. 
just slept so stupid. Uh, oh, 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 and then we have a new song today because uh, there are a couple big things happening. You know, uh, Bob Menendez, the uh, the congressman, uh, I don't know how he's going to get out of this. They raided his, uh, his home uh, more than a year ago, and it, this is like an episode of Good, This is like Goodfellas. This is like the movie Goodfellas, when at the very end they, they raid the house and he's flushing the cocaine. Karen, Karen, where's the cocaine? Oh, Karen, what'd you do with the coke? Oh, my God, Karen. Uh, it's kind of like that. But they found a half a million dollars in, in, dollar, in money, half a million dollars in Bob Menendez's home, sewn into clothing, in safety to boxes, boxes, and, and uh, gold bars. They had gold bars. And then on top of all of this, Bob Menendez literally Googled, he Google searched, uh, uh, how much is a, <laughs> is a gold bar worth? <laughs> he is uh, remarkable. So Bob Menendez, just like Hunter Biden, got uh, he got gold bars. Hunter Biden got a diamond. Uh, he got a car. Hunter Biden got a car. But Hunter Biden's car cost three times as much as the one that uh, Bob Menendez got. And Hunter Biden had a no-show job for Burisma. And so did Bob Menendez's wife. Isn't that funny? It's just it's hilarious. And then the other big story is um, <clears throat> John Fetterman. Who, by the way, they need to uh, censure him because uh, you got to wear uh, a suit and tie. That's just it. Hey, honestly, uh, enough. You know, it's over. Military, you guys in the military, if somebody just showed up, so I'm not going to wear my uniform anymore. What would happen to you? Your ass would be out. So John Fetterman needs to go above eye. But he's being ostentatious and he's being a complete, uh, you know, whatever about it. He's calling people who complain about it jagoffs. That's what he's called a conservative. It's real classy. And then, he, and then he said to the uh, conservatives about it, he said, go hump another leg. That's what he said. That's what, uh, that's what he said. And that's so I'm, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to mock him with this. This is Jim Gassett. Fetterman's a slob whose clothes are a mess. He always dresses out of sorts. Ooh, don't do it. Fetterman will wear a tie, decorum. He will defy when he retorts. Oh my God, really? Shows up to the Senate in a hoodie. Hoodie. When they ditched the dress code, he said goody. Goody, Fetterman's a slob with no respect for the Senate. It's history he often mocks. Putting on Jim's side. There you go, Jim Gossett. Beautiful. By the way, if you want to hear that, uh, download the podcast today. Okay, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Patrick in New Hampshire joins us on the uh, Newsmax hotline. How you doing, Patrick? What's going on on this Friday? It's a beautiful Friday. Yes, what's going on? Hey, I just had a question. I, uh, You know, it's something that popped into my head uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, I wanted to get your input on what you thought about um, President Burden taking payments from the cartel to keep the border open well you know what i think uh, patrick there are a lot of these ngos non-governmental agencies that are getting billions and billions of dollars from the federal government uh and and literally i mean like everything from catholic charities to uh, you know whatever the red cross uh and some other other organizations you don't even know of that i mean literally billions of dollars so that they can charge twenty two thousand dollars a person to stay in a tent in a park in new york uh somebody's getting their palms greased i don't know if they're i i i don't know if there's any connection with the drug cartels i mean <laughs> uh hunter obviously had a connection to uh, illegal drugs right there patrick just a little sure. bit of that i'm not so sure if it went to the cartels 
you know, hard to say, you know. It, sure, it really yeah. is. It, it, honestly, anything, anything is not beyond belief anymore about well, this. You know, government. we had El Chapo staying in Hampton for uh, six months to a year, you know, casing out New Hampshire. And uh, just to get the uh, drug trail coming up, seeing which way to operate best. Uh, you know, who knows? At yeah. this point, I think anything is possible. When you're finding gold bars and hundreds of thousand dollars of cash in a uh, in a congressman's home, uh, right. and then uh, Joe Biden has got confidential documents at UPenn and a in a at his at his home in his garage and in a storage unit, uh, anything's possible, Patrick. To be quite honest, <laughs> thanks for the call, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we're gonna find out sooner or later. The Democrat Party created Godzilla or something. It's you know this. Anything is possible. There's probably some murder involved, you know, honestly, at this point. Uh, let's go to Ernest in uh, Essex. Hello, Ernest. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. At the border, I have been designating these people as invaders from, from the get. Why can't uh, the governor of Texas establish a training center for the National Guard right on the border? And when President Trump gets back in there, do a national army base right on the border for training. That would keep anybody from coming across the territory. Well, the, this yesterday, I, I don't have the story in front of me, but the uh, governor literally, uh, I guess, declared war on the cartels, essentially, uh, in a movie. Yeah, officially declares an invasion. So I'm wondering if this will allow him... Some sort of wartime powers or, or uh, I guess, use of the National Guard. It says, I officially declare an invasion of the southern border because of Biden's policies. We deployed the Texas National Guard DPS local law enforcement. Building a razor exactly. wall, all of that. And this is fine, and this is what we need to do. And, and I suggested that we get every uh, retired uh, military and police officer, homeboys, good old boys, and head down there and get deputized. That's what I would suggest. Shut down the border wholesale, and if the government wants to pick a fight with us, bring it. Well, they're starting to they realize that, that our enemies have already staged their armies inside our border. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, we have yeah, to we, be on alert when our armories and our gun shops start getting broken into and raided big time by these armies that are already here. You know, it's it's hard to tell what is at, at work here. Clearly, when you've got mostly military-age males coming into the United States, uh, that's when the adults need to take charge, regardless of what Joe Biden wants to do. That's when the adults like Greg Abbott and you and me say, if the federal government is not going to look out for the American people, then we are going to have to look out for ourselves. Uh, the other day, there was a guy in New York City, and he was screaming. He goes, the government isn't going to do anything for us. We have to do this. And it sounds like this is what Abbott is finally doing. And i got to tell you, what do you got to lose? Ernest, you know, what do you got to lose, Ernest? You're the governor Absolutely. of a state where, where 10,000 people are coming across the border every day. What do you what do you have to lose? Oh, oh, Joe Biden's going to send country. some of his little things. Yeah, you got the country to lose. But what's Joe Biden going to do? Is he going to try and send a, a countering force against us? Yeah, bring it. As far as I'm concerned, bring it. Because it's it's about know, time that we stop this. And if the federal government won't do a damn thing about it, Congress won't do a damn thing about it, then the American people have to do it to protect our brothers and sisters who live here and deserve sovereignty and safety. It's ridiculous. Well, we took a note of when we were in the service to protect the country and the Constitution from both domestic and foreign. Yep. 
And Biden starts to try to send the army against the citizens of the United States, he's going to be a main target. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he has the balls to do anything like that, but I'm glad that Greg Abbott is doing something, uh, and that will at least help. And then, and I'm going to tell you about my friend Chris. Biden doesn't have the balls. It's the people behind him does. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like, uh, bring it. You know, we've got to shut down the border. We, we've had enough of these abuses and usurpations. Bring it. Uh, you want to pick? You want to pick a fight? You want to pick a fight? Now, now let's go. Now let's go. Uh, I don't think it's going to be anything physical. Th- thanks for the phone call. I think we're done. How, how long do we have to sit here? See, three years we've been sitting here watching this screaming, screaming at the television, screaming. Especially the last the last two three years, and really the last few screaming at the television, watching train loads of people coming in, and we can't do anything about it. Are you out of your nut? You're telling me. The citizens of the United States who are going to be abused by this, we can't do anything? Screw you. You're going over our heads. You're, you're paying off whatever donor class or whatever, you know, uh, despot in the world to our detriment. Bullcrap. You're abusing us. These are abuses and usurpations. Uh, that's what the country was founded on. And enough is enough is enough. We don't have to take this anymore. We don't have to be engines of production and taxation anymore. We've got to become ungovernable. I'm not talking about violence. No, of course not. We don't need to do that. I've said from the get-go, we need a peaceful Berlin Wall movement to bring down this deep state. Just the iteration. Leave the government intact. Leave the constitutional principles. Bring us back to the founding. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. That's what will have to happen. Because right now, this federal government does not have our, as citizens, better interests in mind. That's without a doubt. Right? Without a doubt. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to before the end of the show. General Motors Kansas City is laying off a 2000 uh, Workers at its Kansas uh, assembly plant after workers at the facility in Detroit went on strike because there's no work. As a UAW president threatens that more people will lay, uh, lay off, and a lot of people are walking off the job today around the country, and I wish them the very best. Uh, I know that uh, the union is demanding a 40% pay increase over the next four years, which does sound like a lot. And if a company can't afford it, you're not going to get it, or the company will go out of business. But anyway, 40% pay raise. Which, by the way, is actually only a 20% pay raise because Joe Biden's inflation has increased by 20% in this the three years. So right now the union is making 20%. You know, you're, you're dealing with their dean inflation like you and I do. We're not getting a 20% raise, right? We didn't get a 20% raise. We didn't get a 100% raise when uh, gas went from $1.87 to 4 bucks. But uh, so basically, after all of the inflation we've had, it's really kind of a 20% pay raise. And then a four-day work week. Well, you know what? Nah, sorry. I'm not going to be down with that. Whatever. I hope they, I hope they get to um, settlement. Certainly, the, uh, the steering the country into these idiotic um, uh, EVs is not helping because um, they're idiotic. And they are for uh, little cute commuter cars. When you go to Whole Foods, and get your tabbouleh and get your leafy greens and, uh, and then golf carts. And that's about it. Otherwise, they are completely, completely worthless. You cannot haul anything with them. There will never be tractor trailers worth of crap. There will never be trains, fishing boats, warships, airplanes that will be electric. It's just not going to work. Not with any, uh, any size there. So 
Uh, I think it is time now for a, a gender confusion update because, you know... Gender confusion. We live in strange times. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender confusion. Teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Oh, God. So, I'm just going to preface this. Are you ready for this? You better sit down. I was a cheerleader in high school. I know I was. It was the only male cheerleader ever in the history of Tri Center High School in the Ohio. Uh, And the reason I did is I'm a good cheerleader, I'm good at uh, motivating people. I said, What the hell? It's something I haven't done. And I saw the college cheerleaders, and they got, you know, each one of these guys throwing women up in the air. I was like, Damn. So I did. I was the first cheerleader, and uh, and I didn't dress up like a girl. I, I dressed up like a guy, because I'm a cisgendered male. Uh, NFL's first uh, transgender cheerleader has entered the second season of the league uh, that described uh, being heartbroken over children not being able to play sports against kids of the opposite gender. Well, the kids are fine, but when they get to be, uh, you know, post-pubescent and the boys can beat the snot out of the girls, you know, there's that. He also said that he is sad to see ba- states ban hormonal and medical procedures on, on youth. Well, that's just sad, Justine Lindsay, because um, that's very Mengele-esque, and eventually history is going to catch up with all this nonsense. Uh, he dances for the Carolina Panthers' top cats. Jazz hands, cheerleading squad, and he says that he hopes to influence the next gen- generation with his outspoken ways by making like $75 per game and uh, uh, Freebo calendar signings. That's, that's what you get out of being an NFL cheerleader. You get paid nothing, and you do a lot of appearances. <laughs> uh, let's bring him to, the, uh, yeah, let's bring him to a, an autograph uh, uh, signing at Jiffy Lube. Uh, anyway, so everything that I'm going through now, it's bigger than me, he told Elle magazine. I'm setting things up for the younger generation. No one is going to stop this show. Dude, you're just an NFL cheerleader, all right? Lindsay equated being an NFL cheerleader with becoming a doctor. <laughs> I want to change the narrative for my trans sisters and brothers. Well, they, they're not sisters and brothers anymore. They're, they're, okay, it gets confusing. Uh, just to uh, them, know that, uh, that if you have a goal, go for it. Turn that dream into a reality. Be an NFL cheerleader or a doctor or a nurse or whatever you set your mind to doing. Uh, I will fight until I can't fight anymore. It saddens to see it uh, with regard to kids, uh, boys competing with girls and beating the snot out of them. Uh, it's important for us to be able to show that it is for everybody, no matter your gender, how you look, anything. There you go. So that's, uh, yeah. The, uh, the By the way, the NFL had three male cheerleaders in 2021, but only one of them, I think, actually... Uh, Actually pretends to be the opposite sex, and that would be this person. A real a real uh, trendsetter, I guess, here. That really won't start much of a trend, because you know what? It's uh, being an NFL cheerleader. It's really not that big a deal. All right, let's take a break and come back. Uh, this, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. It is a Friday on the Rob Carson Show, and we have a presidential candidate on the Newsmax hotline. You have seen him on Newsmax. He is Perry Johnson. Hello, Mr. Johnson. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you today, sir? Fantastic. And yourself? 
I am. Uh, I couldn't be better. Actually, I'd be. I would actually be much better if our southern border was sealed and our people were safe. I think I would be much better. In fact, I know that that I would sleep a lot better than I have the last couple of days, uh, knowing that our southern border is sealed. But unfortunately, we are not. Uh, we are not experiencing that. Uh, what do you, let me, Perry Johnson? Let me ask you this, my friend. What do you think about the southern border? Uh, what What would you do as the president of the United States with the southern border and the people who have crossed illegally? Well, it starts with the fact that we need to finish that wall, and we also have to enable our twenty thousand people that are patrolling to enforce the laws of this land. We don't allow it. I actually have two cousins that work there on the Border Patrol, and they aren't even allowed to enforce the laws that we have on the books. So they are actually hand-struck because, for whatever reason, Biden just doesn't want to let these laws be enforced or enacted in any possible way. I think he encourages as many people as possible to cross the border. In fact, for the first time in history, we have more illegal immigrants than we have legal immigrants. And people do not realize the damage that results. You realize the increase in trafficking that has occurred as a result of our enabling these drug traffickers to just cross the borders and pretty much at will. And then they distribute the drugs. I think we had over 100,000 deaths because of fentanyl. And we don't do anything about it. In fact, it looks like we just encourage this to go on and on and on. And I think it's a travesty. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and it looks like the uh, the chickens are coming home to the roost for all of these uh, sanctuary cities that have been uh, saying that it's okay to have a southern border by so you know so many times. But when it starts to hit these Democrat-run cities, they suddenly uh, decide to turn tail. But nobody is officially uh, holding Joe Biden to task for having the open border. Let's let's talk about a few other things here. Uh, let me ask you this because you you I've seen you on Newsmax a bunch of times, seen you on uh, Rob Schmidt's uh, program and whatnot. First time on this show. And I, and I do appreciate you joining me. Why did you decide to run? Why did you, Perry Johnson, you, you, first of all, you got a lot of hurdles because, you know, they like me trying to run for president. You know, you've got to get name recognition out there. Then once you get that, you've got to, you know, deliver a platform that is uh, that is different than some of the other candidates, offer a, a differing uh, view on, on whether it be the economy or whatnot. What is Perry Johnson? What do you have to offer that, say, a Ron DeSantis doesn't have to offer? And, and why did you decide to why did you decide to do this in the first place? Well, I love this country, mm-hmm. and I think the country is going in the wrong direction. Now, I am an extreme outsider. In fact, I may be the outsider of outsiders. I don't think it's any secret that I'm funding my own campaign. Yeah. But I have spent my entire life bringing quality and efficiency to companies. That's all I've ever done. Uh-huh. I started. In the 1980s, when I started my first company, the auto industry was in trouble. And back then, the auto industry used to have inspectors at the end of the line to check the quality. And if it wasn't any good, they would either throw it out or rework it. But I thought I knew how to solve the problem. And my background was in mathematics. And I introduced digital methods in the auto industry. And we used those tools to systematically get variation out in the process. And in about four or five years, we had the best quality in the world, and we didn't need inspectors. And then I wrote a book on ISO 9000, the quality standard. And it took off like hotcakes, and now Perry Johnson Registrars and Perry Johnson Laboratory Accreditation do business in 61 countries around the world. And I've been bringing quality and efficiency to companies my whole life. Uh And I am the only guy, by the way, the only guy that actually has a plan for how to solve the problems that we have here in this country. 
We are now $33 trillion in debt. Yes. That's that's a real number. $33 trillion, even though we collect only $3.9 trillion in taxes. Yeah. Now, think of how absolutely absurd it is that we have to spend more money on interest than we do on defense. And that's mm-hmm. the first time in history we ever did that. Mm-hmm. And now we are borrowing money at anywhere from 4 to 5.5%. And when the government's borrowing money at 4.5% and they're $33 trillion in debt, if we had to pay that in interest, it would be over 40% of what we collect in taxes. Wow. That was fine yeah. when we were borrowing money at 0.68%. They said, oh, no big deal. It's yeah. $55 billion is a rounding error. But it, when it becomes so exorbitant that it is, consumes 40% of what you get in taxes, then we have everybody talking about what? That, how they have to cut Social Security by anywhere from seventeen dollars to $23,000 per couple. How they have mm-hmm. to cut Medicare how they have to cut back on defense, how we have to actually change our whole way of life. Now, if you lose the dollar as a world currency, it will change American life exponentially. And we will overnight have a 20% drop in our standard of living, and we can't Mm -hmm. afford that. So we we have to stop this craziness. And and what do you what do you propose? What do you propose? I mean, as far as spending is concerned, uh, you know, I've heard everything from the the Mac Penny plan. I've heard that thing. I heard, uh, you know, they were talking about an eight percent decrease for the CR, which is bullcrap because all it does is return spending to pre-COVID levels and then brings them right back. What's your plan for cutting spending? Well, in my book, I lay out a ten-step plan. Okay, let's start with changing the way the government does business. Right now, the government gets a budget, and they spend every penny in that budget every year so they get yes. more money the next year. In fact, they go out of the way to make sure they're broke. Their year ends in September, right? And they start in April to make sure every dollar is gone. What a ridiculous way yeah. to run a country. And I say we'll do just the opposite. We Instead, we're going to freeze the budget, and we're going to cut two cents out of every dollar of discretionary spending, and we incentivize the managers to achieve just that. I'll do the same thing that I did in the companies. And when you say 2%, people will accept it, but Mm -hmm. it changes the way they're looking at things. And what happens is you'll have areas where you cut 10 and 15 and 20%, but now we're incentivizing the managers to actually become more efficient. Right now we're not doing that. We actually are doing just the opposite. You know, that actually is a good idea. Perry, think about this. Um, one of the things that, that makes government, why they're, they're I think, a, a good deal of uh, complacency in some government positions is because the reward is not there like there is in entrepreneurial capitalism, like, for instance, selling cars and getting a commission. So is that kind of what you're leaning to, giving people an incentive to save money, maybe financial compensation for, um, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a freaking great idea. How about some? How about some market reforms to the government? Art and I were talking about just that. You know Art Laffer, right? And yes, of course. A terrific guy. Yeah. So we were discussing it, and, and I said to him, you know, in every single company, and all I have eighty-one companies. We operate in sixty-one countries, yeah. and every single thing that I have in the company is organized toward an incentive plan, mm-hmm. and we they, we incentivize people to perform so that the better the company does, the better they do. Yeah. And when you incentivize people, it's the foundation of capitalism. Isn't capitalism really built on the idea that we have uh, ambition? And ambition is what causes us to work hard. And 
what is the foundation of our country? It's these zealots that are out there saying, I know I can do it, because in America, anything is possible. I'm a guy that started out with nothing, was getting eviction notices in grad school, because I couldn't pay my rent. But I knew in America, anything can happen. And it's that philosophy that has made our country the greatest country the world has ever known. Why don't we implement that same philosophy in our government? And we have to incentivize them to achieve quality and efficiency, and we don't do that now. We do just the reverse. In fact, we make sure they spend every penny, and if they do, then they actually are encouraged to do that so they can get promoted. Well, that's been that going along. That's been going in. That, that's been... That's been going on in, in the, I remember I used to work for a, a telecom company, and that's what every department, you wanted to spend your budget so you could get that budget again or get an increase, otherwise they would cut your budget. So that's been going on. It's kind of dated. That's like 1985 kind of thinking. Um, let me ask you this, Perry Johnson, a candidate for president. Um, what about a shutdown? I, I did a poll on, a very non-scientific poll on Twitter, and it said, I said, that with regard to perennial threat of a government shutdown, is this a big deal to you? to the American people. And I, I very simple, I said, no, shut down. Ah, okay. And then the other uh, selection was shut the mother down. Uh, 100% people say shut it down. Uh, what do you say about the possibility of a government shutdown? Is it the government crying wolf again, once again, to continue the ways they've been spending forever? Well, let's be realistic. We have to send a message one way or another yep. that we're going nuts with our spending. Yeah. And everybody knows that if you shut the government down, eventually all those people are going to end up getting back pay anyway. So uh, the, it's not going to affect anything. Because if we shut down the government, nobody's going to panic and say the government's not going to pay its bills. Yeah. Nobody's going to panic and say the U.S. dollar is not worth anything because the government is not going to pay back their debt. Because yeah. we all know the government's going to pay back their debt. We all know the government's going to pay the interest on the debt. We all know that the government is the most secure government on the planet. And we know we have a $25 trillion economy, the biggest economy in the world, and it's, hum it's still humming. So it's not like anybody is really concerned that the United States is going to not pay its bills. Mm -hmm. But we, at some point or other, have to communicate to everybody that this spending craziness has to stop. Yeah. You know... Yeah that in 1920, we were $5.6 trillion in debt, and uh, we had a $10 trillion economy. So that was 56% of gross domestic product, and people were complaining back then. But at least we had a balanced budget in 99. Yeah, but yeah. But 2020 to now, we have gone from $5.6 trillion in debt to $33 trillion in debt. Yeah. Every family in America is spending six hundred and ten dollars a month on the interest on our wow. debt wow that is over seven thousand dollars a year per family wow. just on the interest on our debt and that was with interest rates that were lower mm -hmm. heaven forbid they take a look at what that payment's going to be now that the government is borrowing money at anywhere from four to five and a half percent i mean it is ridiculous and it has to stop now, Barry Johnson, we, we're running up. Uh, got a couple more minutes here. I want to talk to you. I know you're doing something right now with regard to uh, establishing a PAC to cover legal fees uh, for people who are uh, facing politically motivated charges. Tell us about what that is all about. What inspired it, and what are you trying to? Who are you trying to help out? Well, we have 16 people in Michigan that were that signed on as electors in case the courts decided that the elections were not run the way they should be run. 
Yes. So if that had happened, you needed to have electors to go in there. All they did was, these aren't activists. These are people that I know. Yes. They're just ordinary patriots that happen to be Republicans that signed on and said, okay, if there's a problem, I'm willing to be an elector on this. Yes. And now we're talking about most of these people are on Social Security. So we're talking about people that are making anywhere from thirty to $45,000 a year, and they can't come up with the $150,000 legal bills, uh, legal fees because they don't have the money. Unbelievable. And there are people that are not sleeping at night because they're so upset. So I said, this is not right. First of all, the assistant prosecutor in Michigan wrote a letter to Dana Nessel, who's our attorney general, and said yeah. they did nothing that was criminal. They should not be charged. This is our own yes. prosecutor right now. Yeah. And yeah. she didn't care. She went and charged them anyway. Now we wow. have this situation where they are really beside themselves because they don't have the money. Wow. So I said, we can't have this. Everybody has a right to defend themselves. This is America. This shouldn't yeah. be happening. We shouldn't be using our legal system as, as a weaponizing tool. And yeah. that's what they're doing. And they don't care whether or not it's right, whether it's just, whether or not it makes sense. They just yeah. want to do it for political reasons. And that's what's going on. Well, and now, the, uh, the, 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 website is, the, the website is defendthem.net, defendthem.net. There's a lot of this uh, election nonsense. You couldn't talk about the 2020 election, and now they're criminalizing being able to criticize an election. You've never been able to have an opinion about the 2020 election, which is ridiculous on the face of it. And when you see charges like this for nothing, it makes you, uh, it, only, it only reinforces the thoughts that people already have about uh, government interference in elections. Perry Johnson, I really appreciate talking to you today. Uh, where can people find you and find out more information about your cam uh, campaign on the oh, web? Yeah, go to perryjohnson.com. In fact, if you go to perryjohnson.com slash backstage, you can yeah. see the reality series that I ran on Newsmax. Okay. So I think there are probably nine or ten episodes. And oh, you'll great. see what it's really like to run for president. Okay, Perry, I appreciate it. And best of luck to you. Where are you going this weekend? Are you going to be out and about today, this weekend? Uh, right here, we have a convention here in Michigan, Great. and then my next step, I believe, I'll be having to live in New Hampshire. All right, very so good. I either <laughs> have to decide to live in New Hampshire or yes. Iowa, because let's face it, from now on, you're going to have to be campaigning in those two states. Absolutely. That's the only hope you have. Well, I appreciate you joining me today. Best, uh, best of luck to you, and have a glorious weekend, sir. Well, you too. Enjoy All right, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, this would be the last break of this glorious show today. If you want to listen to the show again and share with others, the podcast is awesome. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. My TV show is this weekend. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. And I got to tell you, this weekend, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm very, uh, despite the fact that I am not 25 years old, I, um, I work every day to get better at what I do. Some days I fail, some days not so much. I think right now I'm at uh, a point where I'm writing the best comedy that I've written in my entire life, and I've been writing comedy for over 30 years. And uh, this weekend show, I think, is like, boom, just really funny, really tight, uh, lots of video clips, rapid fire. Um, the show, if you watch the show, I write a script, and then I improvise everything in the show, every time that I cut to video, like when I play a segment of video, I usually break in three or four times, say something that's boom, right on the top of my head. 
<clears throat> and so it, that that part of the show is improvised. And I and I think when you watch the show again, it's called Rob Carson's What in the World. Uh, it's a little show right now. It, it's reached some amazing people. It got me invited to Mar-a-Lago for dinner. Uh, so if you get a chance to watch it, NewsmaxTV.com. Download the Newsmax app and watch it. It's on tomorrow at uh, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern um, and then on Sunday. T- just double-check for listings, okay? NewsmaxTV.com. Lisa in Tejas. Hello, Lisa. What's on your mind today? I want to know what exactly we're supposed to do about not trusting the elections. I mean, been, it's been years since yeah. I've really trusted them, and I used to be a judge. Well, Lisa, um, we all thought that uh, by just monitoring the elections and whatnot, we'd be able to make it change since 2020, and then 2022 happened, and uh, and Arizona showed how you can steal elections successfully and mm-hmm. get away with it. And there's no doubt about it. Don't even go there. Don't even try to say it didn't happen. It's bull crap. Kerry Lake won that election. 65% of the voting machines in one county don't just stop working on election exactly. day when you're yeah. expecting It's bull crap. So uh, I'm hoping that... Some of this will be taken care of with regard to this uh, impeachment inquiry into uh, uh, Joe Biden and the subsequent investigation into uh, a variety of, uh, of different um, uh, organizations and tentacles that have uh, been controlled in the Biden administration. I'm hoping that that will have an impact on exposing how the federal government has been involved in censorship and other ways. Um, you know, ride your uh, local representative, uh, ride your state representative representative about uh, voter integrity, um, and if they try to steal it again, uh, become ungovernable. You well, know? I'm in, uh, yeah, I understand that. I'm in Texas, so I kind of trust our elections. Yeah. But but I know that for years and years, like when, when John McCain was the candidate, yeah. nobody wanted him. Yeah. Well, I would Lisa, we're running out of time, and I do apologize. We've only got another minute. I would suggest you get involved in the election process in your district. That's one thing you can do. I have been. But for 30-something years, I was. But I'm crippled, and I can't do it at this point. So. Well, like I I said, I think that uh, a lot of things are going to be exposed. I don't believe that Joe Biden is going to make it to the finish line. I do believe we're in the middle of a new American revolution. We have to be very alert. We have to be very cognizant. We have to volunteer. We have to uh, report malfeasance. And then if they try this crap again, we become ungovernable. I'm not talking about violence. I'm just talking about... Shut it down. Shut it down. Get in touch with your uh, representative. Raise some hell. Uh, We're just not going to take this anymore. Lisa, I got to go. I apologize. Have a glorious weekend, and thank you for joining me. Let's take a break and come back wrap this up. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. God bless you. Have a glorious weekend. Make sure to watch the TV show this weekend, if you would. NewsmaxTV.com for listings. Until Monday, don't catch the stupid. Go Chiefs. Go Ravens. See you.